0: take one baby
1: I'm gonna switch gears a little bit so this is a celebration Black History Month is a time when we are celebrating um, even if people are calling it whatever <laughs> whatever they want to call it um, Did you celebrate growing up Black History Month and how and if you didn't that's fine too. Um, if you didn't, what is it like, you know, as, as an adult learning about it, but, uh, yeah, growing up, how did you celebrate it? And like, what spheres of life did you celebrate
2: Black History Month? That's an easy answer for me. We did not celebrate (laughs) Black History Month in my household. That should go without saying, but unfortunately, uh, there you have it. Uh, it was completely new to me, um.
1: when
2: did you start? Oh, at downtown church. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Which I think is a great, you know, that's a great reason. Yeah. One of the benefits of downtown church for a white person, at least. And, you know, and that's, that's a big question, too. It, you know, the presence of white people has probably, probably dampened <laughs> the celebration for for my black brothers and sisters. Oh, that's my I'm next sorry. question. That's my next sorry question. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, that might be good for, for many white people in our church body to realize that <laughs> you, know, you our presence probably, you know, dampens it or at least holds it back a bit. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, how did you guys celebrate it? I don't know. Want- I also didn't. Oh, go, go ahead, go. Kelsey.
3: You go. Oh,
1: okay. So <laughs> there were a few things that we did. So definitely in school, um, I grew up in Gary, Indiana, which is uh, predominantly black city and uh, well black and brown city and um yeah I mean we learned about different people I feel like we had some kind of like assembly at the school where people would do some of the speeches or you would dress up like one like a hero you know um and uh yeah it was a lot of fun and then I know, I do remember kind of complaining to my mom a couple of times. I'm like, we always talk about the same people every year, you know? So <laughs> trying to get more, uh, kind of being thirsty for more people other than MLK Rosa Parks, you know? Um, and then at church, I remember that was a longer church service. So I grew up um, definitely missionary Baptist Black church. And, um, It was a long service, y'all. It was already a long service (laughs) compared to ours at downtown, but, you know, there were people actually doing the speech, so doing one of MLK's speeches. Um, Yeah, there was just always like a longer program for all the children to get up and do their things and even um, we went to a larger Black church that our mom let worship at, but everybody wore, like, African garb throughout the month, and it was just a place of a, you know, a time of a lot of pride in what Black people contributed to American history and just all of the things they had to overcome, because I think that's one beautiful thing about Black History Month. If you don't know some of the ugly parts of our history, it'll just be like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, that's cool that they did that, you know but i think if you actually know some of the ugly parts it's like they had to overcome insurmountable odds to be able to be successful in that time. and so i think as a little girl knowing like that's where i come from there was a lot of pride like i can like if i if me you know and when was whenever i was growing up you know 2000 and the 2000s if i have some insurmountable odds like i'm not dealing with what they were dealing with i'm not getting spat on and you know, whatever, just trying to go to school. So, like, I can do this. Um, so, yeah, that was a time of a lot of pride for me.
3: Yeah, I, um, we didn't really celebrate Black history outside of school. So, at school, similarly, like, we learned, I don't remember any, like, any pep rallies or programs or anything. That doesn't mean that we didn't have them. Um, but like learning about people that again was mostly just people like the same people, people in the civil rights movement is what we learned about. but at home, we didn't, and I really think that it has a lot to do with kind of uh our next question, but it's I think my family just took the uh, full assimilation approach into life, and so um, that's how I feel about a lot of things that we just um all the things that were associated with black culture and were a part of black culture that didn't feel accepted or weren't similar to white culture we just didn't do those things um and uh yeah and so and i think my family kind of connected some of that to just like the hardship and so instead of celebrating like uh beating hardships, which I think is one aspect of celebrating Black like History Month, or overcoming obstacles, then my family just chose to forget about it and move to um, having a good life, which is seen, uh, or for them, I think, seen synonymous synonymous to
4: assimilation to white culture. So.
0: Yeah, I remember. So I'm from St. Louis and I went to a majority white school, well, like growing up, you know, from K to 12. And so now nah, I definitely don't remember the pep rallies or, you know, school programs, things of that nature. But as, you know, inside the home, I would say it really wasn't like we ain't talk about like the MLKs or, you know, Malcolm X or. Sojourner Truth or, you know what I'm saying? Like all these other various names, but it was something about like my family, like appreciated being black. And so even though we didn't have like that, you know, more uh, corporate black history, but it was more so like the Hendersons. And so you just see like the food we, you know, that was at every Thanksgiving or every Christmas or, you know, my mama talking about her upbringing. So some of that, like my little brain was kind of capturing what was going on in her world. Cause I mean, as a kid, I'm like, mom, you really old and did y'all had this when you, you know, which she didn't have a lot of stuff like a cell phone or, you know, a uh, color TV. But but as far as like connecting like our heritage, you know, telling about her, her dad and her dad's dad and a cousin growing up in Arkansas. So I was piecing together like the times through her particular story. But as far as like the greater, like black history, we really didn't um, communicate much about that.
4: Um, So I grew up in Canada, and we did not celebrate Black History Month there. Um, We did celebrate a lot of cultures, though, and I think that was um, a good thing. And then I went to high school in Dallas, and it was an all-white high school, and we also did not because it was an all-white high school. Um, It honestly wasn't until I had lived overseas and then moved back and moved to Memphis, um, downtown church, and teaching in um, Memphis public schools. So that I was really able to start experiencing Celebrating Black History Month, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's good for us to all share like how we have different experiences. Because um, I think sometimes people may even feel like guilty, like, oh, I didn't grow up or you know, I've never celebrated, I should have been, and it's just like, no, I mean, wherever you come from is where you come from, you know what I mean? Like, you can't necessarily control that, Um, but I think it's like, you know, how do you celebrate now? So, that's my next question, it's just, um, yeah, how do you celebrate now, Um, and let's add to that, what is it like
4: celebrating at a multicultural church?
0: Let's start with the lead pastor at this uh church. Um nah. <laughs> I'm joking, man. I'm joking. Um, I, I go so I mean I, I try to like I have three black children. Um and you know myself personally just re- I mean myself- Ebony and I just realizing representation the, the power and representation. Um, and so we just try to use everyday stuff, um, to, to really, to really celebrate. I remember, um, three years ago when we was in the pandemic, we tried to do the homeschool thing, you know, try to create these curriculums, it, it, you know, it just sound great and super parents and yeah. going above and beyond that wasn't us. And so we, we, you know, we had about six solid lessons but it was kind of cool because, you know, we had a black history uh, lesson um, and we were just doing fun stuff. You know, I remember, uh, you know, coming across, uh, an inventor who, who invented like one of the first uh, patents for the traffic lights uh, was a black man. And my son, AJ, for the next year, every time we was out, you know, driving, um uh, we stopped at a light, you know, um, he had mentioned that, you know, black man made that. And so it, it was one of them things It's like, just trying to stretch his, stretch their their, their mindset, you know, their framework. Um, and also, you know, they're young. So we try to meet them where they at. And Adrian, to your point, we do try to uh, talk about the bad uh, of, of black, you know, some of those unfortunate things that happened in black history that a lot of black brothers and sisters have to overcome. And I'm gonna uh, shut up real soon. I remember talking, taking them down to the Lorraine Motel, um, and just saying, "I don't even know if they're gonna remember any of this, but just to push the stroller of my youngest Timothy in, and you know, Grace and AJ trailing behind, and just kind of standing. and it's, it's crazy, like it was just the four of us there that one particular Sunday afternoon, and just standing there, and just explaining what happened, and 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 the the heart behind why there was so much. Tension, uh, why, why this people group, you know, this particular per, uh, people didn't like this particular people. Um, and to share that with a five year old and a three year old was really difficult, but I felt like I was obligated to do it. And so anyway, there there's still a lot of room uh, for growth in terms of just getting creative and, you know, just thinking about, man, how do we set them up uh, to see that representation for them to see man they can overcome that if, if if this black person you know was a pilot in the 1940s and 19 you know um, when it was really difficult I know I can do it and so uh yeah so we we really try to cultivate that within our kids be happy the way God made you um, he made you black and I want you to be proud of your blackness um so yeah
4: Yeah,
3: similar um, I think similarly so our kids in some ways. Um, my I have two black sons and they're young. Uh so my oldest is had two. So I our primary way anyway, I don't we haven't I don't know that I've celebrated Black History Month as an adult, like during Black History Month necessarily, but I think when i've intentionally tried to learn about like the black history that i haven't known about um throughout the year like year round and i think we that's the model we have for our kids so like intentionally trying to find positive books where we have the abc of black history book and another book that shares about different um historical figures throughout black history and says what they are. And it's just affirmation. So it's the kids, it's kids, but, um, but we, I mean the museums too, like we went with my, which a one year old can't understand, you know, doesn't remember the but there's a culture of like going to museums to learn about things that are happening and things that have happened. And, um, yeah and so i think just creating a culture of like not just celebrating black history month in february but finding ways to know that you are black and god made you black for a reason um, to reflect his glory and how can you be proud of that um, especially in the climate of our world today um, and how can you look to people in your history, look people in your heritage that look like you, that are accomplishing great things and not just the regular people that you see every day that have accomplished great things. Yeah,
1: that's good. Yeah, I think, I mean, now that I'm about to have a daughter, um, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting and, and fun to try to make sure she knows the history um and i think what's interesting about hearing from you know kelsey and Artez is just the affirmation that comes from celebrating black history for black people and i think um you know the reason why we need that is because we are minorities and what we see um i, I think you know when i think about growing up all the shows that i used to watch where there was only there was no black person on the screen. I do feel like um, media is changing, and you're seeing more um, Black actresses and actors now, but um, just how important it was for me to, for my mom to, you know, like, say the things you're saying. You guys both said, like, God made you Black, um, and you're made to reflect His, his glory, um, and yeah, so I think, like, in adulthood, it's something that it's like, yeah, I, and hearing y'all as parents talk about it, it's like, yes, this is something that I'm gonna have to teach my daughter. Like you are black, you're beautiful. You come from a lineage of people who have faced all kinds of things and overcome, so you can do it too. Um, and I think also like that's no shade to any, any other race, <laughs> but this is something that has to be affirmed or needs to be affirmed specifically for black people in America Cause it's hard out here, you know? Um, and we just, uh, saw Tyree Nichols and everything that's going on with him, uh, with his death and, um, the policing system and just all these questions that are coming up. And, um, yeah, I think as Black people, um, especially like, I know y'all, you guys both have black sons, they need to be affirmed, (laughs) you know? Um, in our society. Um, and like I said, I, I look forward to the day when I feel like Black history isn't as relevant because it's being taught everywhere, but you know, it is what it is. So there's a, a, a question out there that I still want to come back to. So what is it like celebrating, and this Black and white brothers and sisters on this call, please respond. Um, what is it like celebrating Black History Month in our multicultural church?
2: I mean, I've really, you know, my experience, I'm sure, is quite different um, from my black brothers and sisters, but I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I it again, I don't put the onus on, you know, my black brothers and sisters to teach me, but, uh, but then again, my black brothers and sisters teach me. So, we live life and, you know, together we do church and so... You know I have to lean into i mean as lead pastor I can't it would be kind of ridiculous for me to plan uh black History month that you know how we're gonna celebrate black history month so so pretty much everything we've done has been shaped um you know I would say mostly by you Adriana but um you know definitely at staff retreat, you know others speaking in but um but yeah, I mean I think it's it's beneficial um and, um, yeah, so it's only, it's only impacted me positively.
4: Um, I would agree with that. And I think, uh, like Richard said, like I have learned from my black brothers and sisters and I, um, can say for certain that I know God and experience God in a different way because I am in a multi-ethnic church. Um, and even just like some of the conversations we've had about music and how we do music that's different from what I'm used to, but like, really, I know God better because uh, because of that. And I realize now that a lot of that is tradition and history um, from Black culture. And I really appreciate that and feel like I have benefited immensely um, from being able to learn in this space.
0: You know, one thing uh recently um, that I that it hit me um not in a new way but just reminded like you know when the black brothers and sisters we were at the retreat discussing you know how can we possibly celebrate we had different thoughts too and so you know you think about like you know being in a multi-ethnic church you know it's not like oh all white people think the same all black people are spent you know that's not even it like even within, you know, uh, the black, you know, black community, like we examining, you know, I'm hearing Sir G, yeah, we used to do this. We used to dress up. Adriana definitely, you know, uh, schooling us on some stuff. And I'm like, I ain't even grow up in a church like that. So, uh, so coming to a space like this, the, the black history piece, is always constant. Um, because you are, you know, being in Memphis, 60%, is Black and forty percent. white. So just the dynamic of our city, right? Um, it does impact the dynamic of our church and really trying to be intentional throughout you know the year throughout you know different elements of worship, you know who's up front, um, you know, think about leadership, how we do community, like all of those things, man, we're constantly trying to you know push back against the world expectation and think about okay, what is Jesus call, calling us to? what hard decisions we gotta make, what hard conversations we gotta make. But I mean, I would give give Richard, you know, his props, get a lure his props through, you know, Richard, because I've been in downtown for two years and, you know, I've been in the majority white space. And uh, let's just say when I got here, it was, I felt like I could exhale a little bit, right? Because, you know, I got the lead, the white lead pastor who's 50 plus years old saying some some hard stuff in the pool, people, I'm like, I felt like I'm like, <laughs> I felt uncomfortable uh, for some, you know, white brothers and sisters. But also, I would say, like, in that same vein, I could say I don't feel for every black person, but I could say, man, I feel like black people felt heard, you know, and validated because it is starting at the highest, you know, leadership and working his way down. And Richard open book, you know, this ain't about Richard, but like, I feel like he's somebody he don't try to be something that he not. You know, he can admit that he has a a long way to go, Um, but also I can hear um, stories, I can see stories. I'm not gonna share names because he's gonna go out publicly, Uh, but I can can hear stories about certain, you know, people um, calling Richard in a time of need because he has that trust with them. And so anyway, downtown church, we got a long way to go. Um, I'm gonna be honest about that. Uh, However, I do feel like, you know, there has been a lot of ground that's been covered. I don't know the, the whole history, um, before the two years I was here, but I would say, you know, I'm thankful for the Adriana's as well. I mean, you are talking about leading worship, the songs, you know, it's certain songs that I never knew the history of, you know, led by or composed and written by uh, black men, men and women. And so to have somebody come with that competency and she's educating everybody about that, it made me appreciate, um that that heritage and that that legacy is that much more
4: yeah
1: i'll uh i'll give a little context too so we were at the staff retreat talking about black history month and um you know what are we gonna do <laughs> you know how they're gonna do it and, and some of the um some of the tension really of celebrating Black History Month at a multicultural church that is, uh, you know, when I look out into the congregation, you know, there's a mix of people, but it's a lot of white people. (laughs) Um, And so we were kind of talking about, like, we want to celebrate Black History Month, but we also don't want to just be um, just doing it for February. Like, we want it to be something that we are um, celebrating year-round and We also don't want it to be like, here's this exhibition for all of the white people, (laughs) you know, just kind of like we're up there performing for them or anything like that. And so that is some of the tension um, that I know I felt going into Black History Month. And I think what we ultimately decided um, for the month is going to be good, where we're just like, these are some aspects of Black culture that you see every week, you know, on Sunday. We're not trying to um, teach all white people about everything Black History Month. You know, that's not on the black staff of Downtown Church. And um, I appreciate, you know, Richard and Hillary both saying, like, it's not on us to try to educate all the white people. Um, but also wanting to make sure, I think, when we're in these multicultural spaces, we want to make sure our minority. Um, family members or, you know, congregants are seeing themselves and are seeing representation um, and feeling acknowledged. And so, um, yeah, I know for, for me, and I think, you know, in the, in the staff meeting, we all were kind of thinking about, you know, how do we do this in an authentic way to downtown church? So it's not just some performative thing that we're doing. Um, And so, yeah, like, that's what y'all will be seeing this, this month is where we're just like, These are some things that we do every week. Um, We're not um, responsible to hold all Black culture and teach all Black culture, but we do want to acknowledge and celebrate it, and we encourage you, our listeners, our um, members, to also do your own research, you know? So, going into that, um, how do you guys, I think we've talked about it a little bit, but how would you, encourage people that are listening um, those who are black and those who come from other ethnicities how they can celebrate black history month year-round
4: um for themselves for their families yeah i would say be inquisitive like as you
3: are learning about something or hearing something you know look into it or even as you, like, are thinking about, you know, a a person who did this, certain thing, who was, you know, an inventor, or scientist, or whatever, um, when they're like, oh, who, what is a black person that was this, or did this thing, or um, intentionally, like, I was trying to read a missionary biography. Like, we know in Christian culture, there's hundreds of missionary biographies um, but I was looking specifically for one of a like African American person. Um, that was hard to find. And so maybe that was just me looking. Um, but I think just putting ourselves in the position to um learn or like learn about black culture and everything that we're doing and not um assuming or not just taking the easy way to learn about something, but really wondering what other um even other ethnicities, what other people contributed to this
4: besides just the regular people that we see um can i make a quick plug for a book that i think families especially white families uh, might want to read it's called the gospel you can't see it it's called the gospel in color um (laughs) And it is was encouraging to me, and I think important, especially. Ah, Richard's got it right there. There we go. Um, and there's a parent version as well. Um, but it 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 fights against the notion of color blindness um, and celebrating diversity in the church. And so I think that's an important thing um, that we can start teaching our kids, especially in our white families, because I think. A lot of times, well-meaning people um, bring up color blindness as a solution to race and racism, um, but this is what we need. And so I would really recommend um, Parents, the Gospel in Color by Curtis Woods and Jarvis Williams.
2: Yeah, and I think I would say the same thing in terms of just reading for, you know, white brothers and sisters, just read. You know, you think about... Um, it's really a power, you know, to control history and how history is told is really a, 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 an issue of power. I mean, if we had let the Indians write <laughs> the history of early America, I have a feeling it might be a little <laughs> different uh, than how white men um, framed it. And it's the same way. I mean, it, it's, it's really, a, you know, it, it's so telling that um, just the fact we want black history just told, you know, and by black people, you know, I mean, even white people would might be nice, but just told. But I think black people have not been given the opportunity to uh, represent um, themselves in regard to historical uh, realities. And so I think, you know, it's helped me to read black men and women and, um, you know, immensely, uh, because, you know, anyway, and I could go on and on about that, but that's how I think we as white, um, you know, go to the National Civil Rights Museum, go down to Montgomery, Alabama, uh, you know, to um, uh, Peace and Justice Museum, and uh, the Lynching Museum is just, uh oh, man, um, yeah. powerful. Yeah and um you know so that's what i would say
0: yeah i would say mine more kind of philosophical um just know it's not gonna happen by default you know um like anything you know it takes intentionality it even takes a, a posture of humility knowing that you ain't you don't have it you don't have all the the knowledge right or there's something to be learned and uh, and, I, and I speak, I'm going to take another angle, a different angle at this, Adriana, if you don't mind, like I'm speaking to our Black brothers and sisters uh, when it comes to learning uh, more about Black history year round. So I graduated my Master of Divinity, um, I went to a historically white uh, seminary, um, I'm, I'm grateful for my theological training, it's helped me um, in, in, in more ways than I can realize, however, it was a very draining journey. It was very taxing. It was discouraging. It was frustrating sometimes because I, I had a 120-hour uh, degree. and Y'all want to know how many minority professors I've had? I
4: don't even want to guess.
0: <laughs> one. Lord, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had two minorities. I had an Asian guy and I had a Black guy, but I only had one Black uh, professor. And Richard, your, you you made a comment earlier, you know, you're talking about the church and even just learning black history, uh, how, you know, black brothers and sisters have uh, contributed to the church theologically and things of that nature. I felt like I was on this dual degree track because I really wasn't getting, you know, I really wasn't getting my answers or my questions answered by the props when you're talking about church history. Okay, so let's go back, you know, to the early church fathers, like. Let's talk about the the African church fathers and sisters, uh, uh, the the mothers of the church that had an impact. It was crickets. Okay. As we was progressing throughout, you know, history and the the early church in um, America, it was crickets. Well, how did the church deal with the whole racial crickets? And so I'm like, okay, I can't expect them to teach me. So I got to take the onus on me um, and go out and do research, even being Presbyterian. Um, I've been in, in, in the Presbyterian denomination for almost 10 years now. And so much of the history that's been taught, it's like, man, it's all Presbyterianism, and white? Like, what a, like, I'm sure it was one black brother, one black sister, somewhere, not, you know, somewhere in this history. Oh, wow. And I had to dig. <laughs> I had to dig and do that research. And I'm still coming across black brothers and sisters. Um, I, I think about the one guy who really stood out to me more than anybody was Francis uh, Grimke. And he actually was born he was born to a black a black mother but he was born to a white father so essentially the, his mother was a slave to the uh, his father and yeah you know how that worked <clears throat> but um but the the contributions that he made to the presbyterian um uh hi- history right i mean this dude was about justice um he was about reconciliation Um, and and he was living in a time in which that wasn't a a cool buzzword, (laughs) like you could have died for that, right? And so, uh, yeah, he's in this predominantly white denomination. And so anyway, all I have to say is to my black brothers and sisters, yes, it could be taxing, it could be draining, um, but continue to, to press forward because it's so much rich history that has been uncovered and we're not going to wait on somebody else to teach us, but we can take that within ourselves collaborate, lean on one another, and uh and and just ask God, God, give me the patience, give me the wisdom and help me use this. So even with Hillary, you know, and 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 uh, Richard, what y'all doing? Y'all holding up the books like, hey, I've read this. I'm, you know, I'm giving my review. And so I, I love that you're trying to educate other people as well. So that's that's when it comes down to it, we have to educate one another, um, each one, teach one. Y'all heard that cliche before, but anyway, I have to say as a as a black brother, like, yeah, it it could be it could be tiring sometimes.
4: Yeah, that
1: that's so good, um, cause yeah, I think Black like, History Month is something that I grew up with or whatever. But there's so much I still don't know, <laughs> and there's so much I'm still learning. I feel like every year I'm learning more, um, and it is like I love what you said. It's not gonna happen through default. It's not like I'm gonna see a billboard, <laughs> you know, driving down the street. Um, it is something that you do have to pursue and. It can't be heavy sometimes, but there is something that I would just encourage people. There's so much joy also in um, learning about Black history and how it has impacted U.S. history. And um, I know Brennan and I went to the African-American Music Museum in Nashville for our little baby moon, And it was so much fun. I mean, there was some (laughs) there were some hard things, you know, of course because um, I think it did start with slavery and um, the way that the church, it, listen, as a Christian, learning about the origins of the Black church and Black church music, I think, can really inspire you spiritually. The way um, this group of oppressed people really held on to God, um, there's a lot of beauty in it. I mean, it's hard, but there's a lot of beauty in the fact that they were able to hold on to a God that even wasn't um, talk to them in his entirety. I guess um, you have slave slave Bibles and all that kind of stuff, but they still knew uh, they still knew that God was for them. Anyway, I could go on for days, but <laughs> there is so much joy and so much to be gained from it. Um, so I would just like treat it as a time of discovery that it also includes joy. It's not just going to be all you know, it's going to be some sad stuff, but there's also a lot of joy in, in the way people overcame and um, specifically people in the faith. Like, even Artez, you're talking about this guy that, you know, came from a slave father um, and still was purs- pursuing justice and reconciliation. That's just amazing to me. Um And so, yeah, um, that's what I would say to people. Like, there is, there are some hard parts, but there's, there's so much to be gained by um, learning about Black history and and celebrating it. So that's all we have this episode. I want to thank you all for engaging in this topic and uh, stepping out and talk about CRT, which is like a cuss word. (laughs) I know there were some interesting questions this time around, but you know, it's take one, y'all. This is is what we have right now. If you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, please, you know, email us, media at downtownchurch.com. Engage in this conversation with us. Definitely, If you are a member or regular uh, attendee, please talk to us about these different topics. We we don't want to have these conversations in a vacuum, Um, and we'll be back next month. Yeah.